Hello! It is so good to be back with you all and to get ready for season 10 of LeVar Burton Reads. The first of 12 new episodes drops next Tuesday, December 7th. Incredible, y'all. And I thought, why not take this opportunity to answer some questions that you all have about the podcast? So I threw a line out to the LeVar Burton Reads Facebook discussion group to see what you all wanted to know. And I'll answer some of those questions in a minute. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about what to expect this season. I'll be returning to some of the work of my favorite authors, like Tanana Reeve Du. I'm going to read a great holiday mystery for you. I'll read the winning entry of the LeVar Burton Reads writing contest. Maybe it's yours. I hope so. And I'm going to bring you a story by one of the all-time greats. And that's going to have to be under wraps for now. It's going to be fantastic, and it will be here before you know it. So be sure you're subscribed to this feed so you don't miss an episode. And now, with the help of Julia Marie Smith, the best in the business, y'all, we're going to take some of your questions, and hopefully we'll have some answers. Jules? Thank you, LeVar. Eva asks, my favorite aspect of the program is the diversity of the authors you read. I'd love to hear about how you approach author diversity and why it matters. Great question, uh, Eva. Author diversity and the diversity of um, points of view from which the stories emanate is really critically important to me. It's one of the reasons why I, I do this podcast and enjoy doing it so much. Like when I was doing Reading Rainbow, my desire is to continue to expose you to new literature, to new authors, new voices that you might not ordinarily have come across. And um, it gives me great pleasure when I hear from you feedback that uh, indicates that you really do enjoy discovering on the podcast new authors and new voices that you have em really embraced and, and, and have sought out other stories and material by these writers. That makes me very happy. Okay, I have one here from at Davy Dubs Does on Twitter. They ask, what are the hardest stories to read, either because of the subject matter or because of funny syntax? <laughs> um, what are the hardest stories to read? Uh, I guess for me, the, the hardest stories are, are, are stories that have like a lot of characters because most of the voices just come in the moment. It's not like I've spent a lot of time plotting them out. So um, remembering, you know, uh, in the middle or at the end of a story, you know, how a character sounds that was introduced pages and pages ago uh, can sometimes be a challenge. Um, but uh, that when, when, I, when I nail it, it's, it fills me with great satisfaction. Sometimes we play it back so that yeah. we'll we'll roll back the tape essentially to make sure that we're matching the one that you got right. Yeah. To, the one that you really wanted. Put put it put it back in my ear so I can so I can match it. Yeah. Here's a question about something we actually just tackled. Uh, this is from Shantae. They ask, how does LeVar approach using accents or pronouncing words, particularly those in foreign languages? 
That is a great question, Shantae. Uh, Julia Marie Smith, the best in the business, is great at, um, you know, sourcing um, pronunciation uh, guides for me for for foreign words. Um, Oftentimes, the authors of the stories are a great source of of pronunciations, especially for for languages. Um, Chinese comes most immediately to mind for a couple of stories that we've done. Um, in some cases, uh, Jules will... I'll basically consult a native speaker and give them uh, the phrases that we're looking at and ask them to record it. So I have a guide track um, coming into the studio of, you know, uh, what the, the proper pronunciation and, and accent um, requires. At BGF Central asks... What was your motivation in starting LeVar Burton Reads, and what turned out to be your unexpected favorite part of the project? Hmm. I suppose it was just really a desire to, you know, be creative in a way that didn't depend on someone else's permission. As I observed the burgeoning podcasting industry, I thought, wow, what a low barrier to entry it is. Um, You really just need a a good recording setup um, and a good idea. <laughs> and you can pretty much make a podcast as has been evidenced by the millions of podcasts that exist these days. Um, for me, it was it, it, it was the ability to create with, without um, asking anyone's permission. It felt like a, uh, something that I really was longing, aching to do. Here we are, 10, 12 episode seasons later, and I love every time I sit down at the mic. Every time I come to the studio, I'm excited, I'm nervous, and I love reading these stories for you. LeVar, I'm going to contradict you on one thing. What? What did I say? Uh, I'm going to contradict you because you said you don't need anyone's permission, but actually there there have been several questions along these lines of how do you get the stories that you get? Yeah, well... Do you want to... Shall we answer that question? Yeah, how we get the stories is a, is a, is a question I will let you answer, <laughs> Jules, um, because that task falls squarely on your shoulders. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> after the point at which we have... Uh, we've selected the story and you've said, yes, this is the one I want to read. Then we go and we seek permission from... Yes. uh, Usually the author, but whoever controls the non-dramatic audio rights for that story. Mm -hmm. So that sometimes is the publisher. Sometimes it is the estate of an author who's deceased. So basically, we get a a license to read that story. Uh, we pay a permissions fee, and uh, it's. I mean, you, we do technically have to ask for, you're, for you're, permission. You're right. So I just you're wanted right. to put it out there. It is true. We do have to ask for permission. Technically, technically, no, no, no. It's a, a, a very good and, and valid point. Um, the the um, the value proposition. Um, as as I understand it, as, as as I feel it, is we pay the artist for uh, a limited use. And for that, I get to read their story aloud on the podcast. I, I believe that all artists should be compensated for their work. 
for their intellectual property when being used by other artists in other mediums. It just, uh, it's the way it should be. Okay, here's one more. This is at I'm underscore Spartacus. They ask, I'm a parent who reads out loud every night. What do you think goes into making a really good reading performance? Ooh, what a great question, Spartacus. What a great question. But I think the most important thing is um, your sense of enthusiasm in telling the story and sharing the story with your child or children. Um, and, and, you know, don't be afraid to try voices. Don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone because the child doesn't care if your accent is perfect or, you know, if you sound silly. They love it when their parents take risks like this in, in, in order to entertain them. So my, my advice is just go for it. Just go for it with really reckless abandon. The more fun you're having, trust and believe, um, your audience will have fun too. Thank you for your questions, y'all. That was fun. And to recap, season 10 of LeVar Burton Reads premieres December 7th. Follow the show or subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, SiriusXM, or wherever you get your podcast on. 